0: Welcome back to The Whole Person Podcast. I am your host, Evan Herman, and today I get to talk to a mentor of mine who I want to share with you. His name is Mark Rents, and Mark is a father. He was a pastor at one point. Currently, he's an awesome mega real estate agent with a real estate team for Keller Williams in the Tulsa, Oklahoma area, and I learned a lot of real estate business from him, but also I've learned a lot about life, biblical personal growth from him as well. So welcome to the show, Mark. How are you?
1: Evan, it's good to see you again. It's been all the way since Sunday, so I'm sure you really miss me. <laughs>
0: yes, I've missed you we didn't, we, we
1: didn't even sit next to each other in church, so I'm sure that there was a deep hole left in your heart.
0: Absolutely, just a, a a mark size hole in my heart, where that's uh, right. We were it's like very two touching. ships in the night passing. <laughs>
1: that's right. <laughs> so mark, how are I've you known, today?
0: I'm good. We've known each other, golly, since 2014.
1: Probably close, nine, sometime around there.
0: Nine, almost nine to ten years now, and yeah. Something that I've always been appreciative of you is out of many people in my life, Mark, you have consistently been one person to always reach out and check in on me. Um, I don't have, I don't think I've had anyone in my life like you who's done that. And what that tells me about you and relationships is, is that you have a high value on the relationships that you have in your life. So my question to you is, as someone who has a high value placed on relationships with others, how do you create and foster the depthness of relationship with others
1: in your life? Oh, man, that's a big question. I don't, honestly, it's a tough one for me to answer and why I do that. I'm just sitting here thinking about that. There are quite a few people in my life that um, I do, I'm very intentional about, and I know that's a buzzword right now, but I I don't think it's, I can pick a a better word um, that I've just decided that. It's my responsibility, or it's my pleasure, or um, I'm going to call that person today. And um, you know, in every every relationship, Evan has a nuance to it, right? Because we're all individuals, and each person is different. And so, um, but I have discovered this: it matters to me when people call call me and check in and say, "Hey, man, I was thinking about you today. How are you doing?" Um, And I'll be quite honest with you, I don't have a whole lot of that in my life. And maybe that's because a lot of people that I rub shoulders with on a regular basis, I'm calling them and I'm reaching out to them. And so there's this constant communication there. But, boy, I um, it's it's very interesting. I will tell you um, yesterday I probably called five, six Friends, not for business, because obviously a lot of times our friendships come out of things that we rub shoulders with in everyday life. And so I probably called five or six people yesterday just to check in and touch base with them and see how they're doing. And as a dad, um, I do that with my sons. Um, you know that two of my boys work in my business, one of my sons lives out of the area. And so Elijah and I will call each other just to talk and say hello. I call my brother quite regularly, but I think I just see the value in that, right? Because if you're not visiting, if you're not actively involved in people's lives on an ongoing basis, then it's easy to drift. And obviously, just because of our schedule, not everybody can pick up that phone call all the time. There are people that maybe I haven't. A young man I grew up with, he's not young anymore because neither am I. His name's Rick Dress from Lodi. Um, We hadn't talked in years and we came across each other when I was in Sacramento. I can pick up the phone and and call Rick and probably have not talked with him in six months or eight months. And we just kind of pick up because we grow up together. But as far as ongoing things, and then when you know people may be struggling or people may be dealing with things, just to reach out and check in, I think it's a really big deal. And it's not because I'm this great person, but I also think it helps me with myself. Um, I think it helps me. um, There's probably, you know, not having thought about this, but there's something about reaching out and touching people and feeling like, man, I'm glad I could be an encouragement today that comes back on me as a blessing as well.
0: Right. There's a man by the name of Nick Vujicic. He's called the limbless preacher because he has no arms or legs. and. Sure. He has a saying, if you don't have a miracle, be a miracle. And kind of That's in the same cool. context, it is in this scenario, like I'm someone who, man, if people call me like, like you, that means a lot to me. And I get very yeah. few of those calls. So in return, yeah. I decide to make those calls as well to other people. Right. How do we become individuals? who can manage intentionally develop and nurture further relationships with others. How, how, how can we be the Mark or be the Evan in other people's lives and help them and encourage them?
1: Well, and I think, I mean, honestly, right. If there's a need and you fill it right. If you have a relationship with somebody and you really care about who they are and what they are and you care about that relationship, you just do what comes natural I think the other thing is, too, I've learned that if people's names pop in my mind to give them a call Um, and then not thinking about it, because if we think about it, say we'll do it later, we might find ourselves two weeks later thinking I needed to make that phone call. Um, And so there's a lot of times that I'm just like, hey, I'm going to reach out to this person. And Evan, you know that I've developed some pretty important relationships in the business world and where we are, right? And so because of those strong relationships and... Um, even though they started out in business, I typically move to a deeper level with those people because I am the guy that will call when it's not about business and say, hey, man, I'm just checking in on you. How are you doing? Uh, let's get together. There's a, a gentleman, I won't mention his name, but we we have met. Uh, he said, hey, I'd like to get together with you. We We did, had a great time. Long period of time went in between, but I would continually reach out to him. And I thought about him the other day because I heard one of his commercials on the radio and I picked up the phone and I called and left a voicemail and then sent a quick text and just said, hey, man, I heard your commercial today. Just wanted to check in. And so that was the first time in about four months we connected and um, we're setting up a time to get together at lunch. But I don't know. I find in a lot of ways I just I enjoy that rubbing shoulders i enjoy what i get from that i enjoy what i can give in that area and man i have a lot of faults in my life so i, I it's hard for me to pinpoint that but i really do enjoy spending time with people and you know and hearing what's going on in their life and and just out of that comes encouragement so it makes it pretty Problem's
0: easy t- Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. What is, I think, really important about relationships and building even more relationships, there's two men that have taught me a lot about people. One of them being Keith Wheeler. He carries the cross around the world. And he taught me, not to hurry or rush through life and treat people as an inconvenience. (coughs) Because people aren't an inconvenience and people are put in our paths for us to witness to, to minister to, to build relationships with. And I think for me, something that has helped me grow in relationships with others is slowing down. And exactly like you said, when I think about a person, I will text or call them. And I use that as if it's almost a sign from God that I'm supposed to reach out to them in in some way or another. And then another person was Billy Joe Doherty, who was the former pastor of Victory before he passed away. People would always ask him to pray for them. And instead of going back and saying, hey, I'll pray for you later, he always did it immediately. So he wouldn't forget later, number one. But then it also just showed a level of care. And so when someone's like, hey, will you pray for me? He's like, yes, let's do it right now. What what I've learned through my young man slash adulthood is outside of church, there's not a lot of support for the individual man. And we have a culture that really beats the idea of masculinity down. And so how can a man encourage himself through relationships with others? What does he need to do to grow in relationships with other men?
1: Yeah, and it's funny you just took it in that direction because I was thinking about that. Um, Most men suffer in silence. We really do. Um, The things that we're wrestling with and, you know, Joyce Myers wrote a book called Battle for the mind, right? So um, from a spiritual biblical standpoint, you know, I'd say 90% of spiritual warfare takes place between our ears Um, on a natural level. um, You know, you're listening, you know, you talk about having conversations with yourself, right? And coaching. I mean, we are constantly coaching ourselves and more times than not, we're coaching ourselves from a negative perspective. Why can't you do this? You need to do that better. You're a failure. If people found out who you are, um, they would think you're a poser. I mean, all of these thoughts that I'm sharing with you are things that I have thought. All of these thoughts that I'm sharing with you, whoever's watching this, would probably, if they would, they would lift their hand and say, man, I've been there. In fact, I'm wrestling with that right now. And so it's very challenging for us as men to be vulnerable, right? We get together together. In fact, I think men grow in relationship almost better when we serve together because that men are doers. And so when we just start doing life together, it's not awkward to start having conversations. Um, you know, if you're serving, if you're um, if you're working together out of those natural daily activities, things start to come to the surface and inside of that safety, you know, we tend to start opening up, even you know, you can get together and it is effective, and we see it more and more. You can get together, and you're, you know, you can if it's a mighty oaks or if it's an A, but how hard is it for men to sit down and talk about their emotions and feelings? Where you put two women in a room, and man, it's going there, I don't care, it's just a matter of time. I set the timer here, we. Oh, all right, we know what we're feeling. <laughs> it's like it's just because women are so relationally and in tune with their emotions. We're men, we tap it down. And so I think the way that we can um the way that we can build relationships is number one, just doing life together, but then actually identifying with people, right? Man, I know what that feels like. Being vulnerable when we get honest with others about who we are to a certain degree. Until there's a really strong relationship, people will start to go, man, if that guy can admit to those things, then he must be a safe place because I don't feel like he can't relate to what it is I'm doing. Does that make sense?
0: 100%. I want to repeat back to you what I am hearing you say and specifically two key takeaways that uh, you said. Firstly, men tend to suffer in silence because they don't have a structure or support system. They tend to bottle down their hurts, their pains, their frustrations, the crap that they're going through in the world and try to fight it on their own. And that is a very unhealthy way of dealing with life. Secondly, you said something that you can grow in relationship with other men by serving with them. And when you said that, it immediately made me think of the military. And when that strong bond between units and men within a unit, because they are serving together with one mission or goal in mind where they have each other's back. And so finding ways to connect with other men through serving the community or other groups or people, I think is a phenomenal idea. I've never thought of it that way before, Mark but that is a very amazing thought well
1: you think of um that i
0: think is 100% accurate and then yeah
1: and and to just kind of tie into that it's just and 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 kind of dumbing down that whole idea of serving together right so not to put it in such a way that hey you know just doing life together right doing life together And it can be a specific event. It can be, Hey, we went to accomplish this task together. And because of that, we felt bonded together. Right? Look, how do men, how do men come together in groups, right? They're hunters. Man, if if you're a hunter, you hang out with hunters, you go hunting together. What are you doing? You're doing life together out of trying to kill living things. Right. You, You start bonding together. Um, if it's, um, Cars, right? Look at how many men that are into. How do we form groups with men? We form it a lot by our interests. We form it a lot by stuff that we can do. Man, you could uh, motorcycles, right? Man, my wife and I have a motor. We have a motorcycle. It cracks me up how every time I'm riding down the road, I have to give a wave to someone on a motorcycle because all of a sudden we're like brothers. I don't even know who that guy is. He's doing eighty flying by me, and he's like, "Hey, look up! What's up?" You know, or like the weird thing. I got a Tesla and all of a sudden it became an unwritten rule. Everybody that drives a Tesla has to wave at each other. Uh, It's just weird, right? We identify with these things that we do. And so it can be something specific, but going back to suffering in silence, right? I had been in full-time ministry for a lot of years, came to Oklahoma in 2000, um, took a position at a church. It was Uh, was short-lived. It was a mess, right? And had to go out and get a job. I went from doing ministry to selling used cars and I was like, "Holy cow, I went from doing the Lord's work to Satan's work." It was really humbling, you know. It was I you know, all of the things that go along with that. It was like, "Oh my lord, if, if a pastor came in or someone from the church came in, I was thinking they're going to be like, "Look at I knew he could never make it in ministry," right? And that come out of successful ministry. Point is, man, I was wrestling with uh discouragement. I was wrestling with uh, probably depression and um and just who who I was and I remember I was I had people speaking into my life they were like hey you need to go to this um it, it was rayma bible church you know my in-laws were on staff served in a lay position there for years but they're like you need to go to rayma you need to go to rayma and um we'd started attending church there just because our family did but I wrestled with that so hard But I got up one morning and I looked in the mirror and man, I was beat up emotionally. I was discouraged. And I looked in the mirror and, you know, not an audible voice, but I heard the Lord say, do you want your kids to have to deal with what you're dealing with? And I just said, "Okay, God, I'll go. Um, I knew I had to break. What I was carrying, because the reality is uh, we can't write checks. That we can't cover right i can't produce life in my kids if i'm dead in an area and so i said okay lord i'll go and look i was an ordained pastor and here i was going into rhema as a first-year bible student um and there was some humbling but my point simply is there i was and the lord just put his finger on me he's like do you want your kids do you want your sons to have to deal with with all the stuff that you're dealing with, because there were some real strongholds in my life. And I'm just telling um, whoever's listening to this, but specifically men today, but even women, because I know you deal with it as well, but men, because you suffer in the silence, like all of us, and we feel like we can't let people really know what I'm facing, because if they knew, man, But in reality, more people are dealing with what you're dealing with than not. But that isolation will make you feel as if you're the only person. And so, you know, Evan, when I've led some men's classes at the church and um, I've talked about suffering in silence, you don't know how many people have come up to me and said, man, that's me. That's me. But what we've seen, the hope is this, right? look is you know I can go from a negative perspective about myself and about my failures to a God perspective about who I am and who God wants me to become and the journey that I'm on and so man you you know we've and there's some powerful things I could say about what you hear in your mind and ownership of what goes on in your mind but boy, just as somebody that's lived in that place and to see what God's done to help me. And again, it doesn't mean I'm never discouraged. It doesn't mean, but there are certain things that we can do to help combat that and and to where it becomes not the rule, but it becomes the exception. And we're not living under that negativity and condemnation or self-doubt. And even the false manhood that we put up, right? Um, That, hey, we need to belittle others or we need to put others down in order to make us feel better about ourselves. That's typically because someone feels pretty low about themselves. And so they're having to stamp on others in order to try and feel good about what it is that they do.
0: The story of David and Jonathan in the Bible where... David was the next appointed king of Israel by God. Saul was current king. The heir to the throne through Solomon's lineage was Jonathan, and Jonathan and David were best friends. And Jonathan knew that David was called of God to be the next king. And even helped David escape the wrath of his father and Basically, Saul was trying to kill and murder David. So his own son helped the man who was taking what he should have inherited, helped him escape. And I think of men who have lost their best friend or lost community. And David goes out into the wilderness, and he's running for years on end, about three or four years. And... God adds unto David what we now call David's mighty men. But at the time, they were very weak men who were afraid, who were running for one reason or another, who were outlaws or criminals. But God gathered men unto David. Not calling myself a David, but I'm going to call myself one of those men who feel scattered. How, as a man who is scattered, do I find a David?
1: Well, let me ask you, how have you found a David?
0: Me personally, I've put myself, there's a Jim Rohn quote that says, you're the average of the five closest people in your life. And so for me, I find men who I admire or individuals that I want to be like or learn from. Absolutely. You know,
1: I just recently was sharing with the team um Denzel Washington made a quote and I'm probably going to butcher it yeah
0: great actor, and
1: he said and I think he was giving a graduation speech and he said if you hang out with five um let me just name this if you hang out with five bad people, you're going to be the sixth. If you hang out with five angry people, you're going to be the sixth. If you hang out with five lazy people, you're going to be the sixth. If you hang out with five dumb people, you're going to be the sixth. And he paused and said, don't be dumb. Right? And so what you're saying is, so, you know, Evan, you opened up this podcast by being very kind towards me and saying kind things about me but that was my point to you is what have what can we do what have you done you know in order to connect yourself with people that are helping you become a better version of you what have you done in the past that you know i'm gonna i mean recently you switched churches And without going into the reasons why and the reasons not why, but you came from a place that was a great church, but you found yourself now in a different church where you've surrounded yourself with community and you've had people within that church, you know, already reach out to you and have you over to your, have your family over for dinner and to hang out. And you put yourself in a position to where now it's harder for us to hide because people know us. And. Uh, so even look to everybody out there that you attend a, a mega church because we have a bunch of them here in Tulsa. you can sit in the back or you can show up on Sundays and you can still hide out, but you put yourself in a a class for people in your demographic who are not newly married but are still on the younger side with younger kids, and you're rubbing shoulders with them so just out of life and being around one another right it's a game changer right so it's a change agent is what i call it you know um if we go out into the sun and we're out in the sun long enough what's going to happen our skin's going to reflect that change agent which is the sun's rays if you put whites in your laundry and pour bleach on them or you put anything in your laundry, it changes it. When you get around a group of people in a smaller setting and you make yourself vulnerable and you just start talking and opening up, it will produce a change. And so that is it's that simple. Right. And then opening up and being a little bit vulnerable and identifying with other people say. With what other people say. And, you know, as everybody's a little bit different, but I was thinking about this the other day. You know, men tend to want to tr- be right and we tend to want to put our opinions out there and make a point. And if we can learn just to stop and listen and listen to what other people and identify, all of a sudden we start learning and we start growing out of that. Right. And so I know it sounds really basic. Because it is. Um, It's not complicated, but it's not easy either. But it is simple. Um, You know, being around good people and allowing people into our world and opening up. And as trust is developed, opening up even more and allowing people to speak into our life and asking for help. And when you're around good people, I'm telling you they're going to provide help.
0: That's good. My mind's going in a few different directions here. But, God, I invite you into this spot. What direction do you want to go?
1: Mark, um, look, you know, my encouragement on a spiritual level is if you're talking about mindset you're talking about um you know the whole idea of identity and trying to fulfill the place that god has for us Uh, you know one of the things that has just become huge in my life and look i'm going to say something here and, and again i try to be very open about this because I can say stuff and people might go, man, I I could never do that or I don't do that or I wish I did that because this isn't about perfection. This is just about intention and effort and consistency, not expecting 100%. And there are probably some people that are 100% faithful in this. But man, the one thing that has really become huge in my life is the time that I spend with the Lord. Um, and I've got to get better at some areas of this, but I spend quite a bit of time in worship. And then the time I spend in prayer, and it when praying the word of God over my life, praying the word of God over my family. Um, you know, not just praying my own words, Evan, but really. Praying scripture has become so meaningful, and I think it's really Change my mindset you know i spent you know we've got some friends that are going through challenging times uh, and praying those scriptures over what it is they're facing and you know i spent some time praying psalms 91 right he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall rest under the shadow of the almighty and i will save the lord he is my refuge and my fortress my god in whom i trust i mean Man, when I start, I'm speaking that right now, and I sense encouragement over my life that, God, I have a secret place with you. I mean, I'll remind myself in the morning, right? God, I'm going to my secret place. And your word says that if I go to my secret place, that I'm going to rest under the shadow of the Almighty. And God, you are my refuge. You are my fortress. I love Psalms 121 as I was praying for people today. I lift up my eyes from where my help comes from, to the mountains, from the hills, right? I like the King James on this. I decided not to quote it, but I will. I lift my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And David goes on to talk about how, God, you will not slumber. And he says, indeed, he who watches over Israel will not slumber nor sleep. And you get to the last verse. And he even says, God, you watch over my coming. And my going, both now and evermore. And you can see, even as I begin to speak this, I don't know, Evan, what an encouragement. What an encouragement to me that God, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You know, I was reading through a devotional the other day and it talked about God's transcendent nature and then his eminence, right? And it just reminded me, You know, God lives out. God is not bound by the natural time, space. He lives outside of those things, right? He transcends. He can walk through space and time. He's not bound in the natural. and It's like, man, that's the God that we serve. God, you are not bound by the things that bind us as humans. You are not limited by the things that limit us. He transcends all of that, but then you go and you talk about that God is imminent. and meaning that even though God transcends the God that we serve, the true God, that the God of the Bible, the creator of heavens and earth, he transcends his powers unimaginable, but yet he's imminent. In other words, he's near. So this mighty, awesome God, that we long to please and know or we need his help is so far above us, yet at the same time, he's near. And I love that, right? So that we can go to him. And I'm telling you, um, man, getting the word of God in your heart. And there's so much more I need and time that I need to put in there. But I'm telling you, that's something that I speak over my life, right? I speak over the goodness of God. The fact that David said, God, surely your goodness and your mercy will follow me, that God's pursuing me with goodness. He's pursuing and chasing me with his goodness and his mercy, right? The In fact, the Bible says that he'll prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies, right? And without getting into the symbolism of that, but he's so good that all that he's done for me, my enemies are going to take note of it. Right. And so, you know, it's just, yeah. it's just been something that out of, out of those times and out of consistently moving in and look, I'm going to make it known right now. It's not like every time I go to pray, it's like this amazing thing. Um, it's not that every time I pray, you know, The presence of God is like overwhelming me with joy and I'm slain in the spirit or whatever, you know, not to freak people out. Right. That just but there are times. But it's that consistent daily spending time with him and spending time in his word that has. um, Acknowledging him. Proverbs. Right. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge him every day. I get up. God, I acknowledge you today. God, I need you. I need your presence. I acknowledge you, and that you're going to direct my path, right? What God use my life. That was a prayer today. God use my life, use my life to touch somebody, use my life to be an encouragement to somebody, and um, yeah. So that has been something that is huge in my life.
0: You know, Mark, as you're talking, to, as you were talking, I had this picture of you in your quiet. Place in your holy moment, and this is kind of the visual that I'm getting in my head just this, you know, ambionic, you know, angel choir thing going on. No, I'm you, I you could hear. hear that music, right? Yeah. Oh, well, then that makes no sense. So I, so to I totally missed the whole wild, thing because you're playing funny. music okay. that only you can hear. Good to know.
1: That's funny. That's that okay. Funny. Hey, it's, okay. It's live. <laughs> it's live oh, it's video. It's like right a right
0: little there, heavenly so. choir. Oh, that is funny. I don't even know if it will show that's up. That's right. right. Maybe or nobody or not, hears it. We'll find out. But Mark, thanks. Yeah, that's great. Right. Right. Oh, it's it's a voice in my head. Yeah. I guess. Thank you so much for coming on today to the podcast, Mark. Before you go, I got I a ask few my... questions for you, sure. okay? Just spitfire questions.
1: What is my superpower? What's your power? superpower? Oh, my Lord. If I fly. Yeah. I'm like super. I literally fly. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what is my superpower? I, oh, my Lord. I've never been asked that question before. I don't know that I can't answer that. I have a beautiful wife that loves me. There you go. Suzanne is my superpower.
0: Awesome. Okay. So second question, what brings you peace?
1: Honestly, I I mean, I have to dig in on that a little bit, but what brings me peace? Ultimately, it really has to be my faith in God because life is rarely peaceful. It's busy. It's, it's ebbs and flows. Evan, you know the business that I'm in. It's it's insane. It's full of challenges. It's emotional. It's emotional. Uh, you live in uh, cells come in and out. I've just got to go, you know, my help comes from the Lord. You know, if things don't go the way I need to. I just got to give it back to him and go, you know, God, I just have to trust you in this situation. And that's hard for me because I'm a doer. I'm a controller. And I'm having to learn and grow in that area more and more. So t- trusting in the Lord, really. And that's not trying to be spiritual. All right. So here's yeah.
0: here's a, a real question for you. What area of negative self-talk do you currently struggle with?
1: Mine probably, mine probably goes back to um, do people like me? Um am I important in certain people's world? I don't think I am. I probably struggle with some of that. Am I a good leader would be another one. Am I leading appropriately? I think those would be the two main ones.
0: Well Mark, thank you for your open and honesty and those last questions, and even through the whole podcast
1: yeah, yeah. Before we get father, you, thank you for you us out this uh it's just the relationship with Evan and God just that he, I can call him a friend God thank you that you love us and you care for us, and that God Ephesians tells us that you're the God who is more than able. That, God, there's nothing too difficult for you. That, God, you are able to take our lives and you're able to bring fruit and life out of them. And, God, today I pray that if there are people listening today that are doubting themselves and doubting that you see them, I pray, God, that they would be encouraged today. That God, you said, I will never leave you or forsake you. That you are a good shepherd, that you love us, God. And if somebody stumbles on this, that may not know you, God, it's as simple as saying, come Lord Jesus. Your word says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord would be saved. God, if there's people away from you and struggling and making bad decisions, First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us of all righteousness. Thank you for that. God, help us to be effective. Help us to be fulfilled. God, your word says that if we delight ourselves in you, that you'll give us the desires of our heart. I believe that today and that you're working all things for our good. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, buddy. Mark, thank you so much
0: for coming on today. Take care.